0: The Sunday Sermons Podcast. One that a lot of people find very meaningful and important is to celebrate Advent. Uh, We don't follow that strictly here. Sometimes we walk through it all and have the right color candles. But we always remember the truths that Advent represents. And we honor that because they're what the scripture tells us about Jesus. If you do honor Advent and you do that all the time, you'll recognize this. If you don't, we know we come from a lot of different backgrounds here. So if you don't do Advent at your home, I want to remind you one more time these themes and how we're breaking them down. The first candle represents hope and the idea that that we find our hope in Christ. The second is prophecy and how we prepare and look forward because we know he's going to not only he's not only just come, but he's going to come back. We know he keeps his promises. Uh, the third candle is the joy candle. It represents the joy and the peace that only Christ can give us. And the fourth one is the love candle. It represents his love for us and our adoration as we respond to him. The fifth one, we've kind of preemptively written this or lit this because we're not going to be together on Christmas Day. I will say this. Please come back for the candlelight service on Christmas Eve. It's going to be incredibly meaningful this year, and I hope that will be part of your Christmas rhythm as well. But this candle, as if all the others didn't already, focuses exclusively on Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of all these themes that we're talking about. But I really believe in this season that what God wants us to remember the most right this time is that not only does it all completely depend on Jesus, must it all completely focus on Jesus, Jesus didn't just want us to remember him, he wants us to live this stuff out. He doesn't want us to just tell the Christmas story again and again. He wants us to come into the story, to join the story, to become part of the great adventure that he wrote. He was communicating something to us by showing up, communicating something to us. The Apostle John, he starts his story of Jesus remembering that Jesus was here long before there was even a world. He uses a term that Aristotle used to talk about that there had to be somewhere, somehow, there had to be a supreme, ultimate source for truth. Some sort of an ultimate source for what is good in the world. There had to be something. He, He called this logos, which literally just means word in Greek. John uses this term to say, hey, guess what? We know who that is. If you you would, I'd just like to read you a lot of scripture this morning. We're going to share a few other thoughts as well. There's going to be a lot of scripture. I happen to be reading from the New Living Translation today. I invite you to go back with the sermon outline. And it's got even additional scriptures that I can't read to you this morning. Read them in any version that's meaningful and understandable to you. And and let's live these together. But here we go. John chapter 1 verses 1 to 14. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Let's pause for just a moment. Notice this is exactly what Jesus has called all of us into. John the Baptist was not the Messiah. John the Baptist was not the one that was going to save the world, but he had a very important job to point everyone to him, to prepare their hearts to him, to direct them to him, to deliver the messages that God had put in his heart. And in the exact same way, we must never forget that all of this points to Jesus ultimately, but he has given us the task of pointing people to him. He's given us the chance, uh, the task of spreading hope and uh, the idea that God keeps his promises, the joy and the peace and the love. And again, most of all, sharing Christ himself with the world. He, that's Jesus, was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born of natural, not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Again, let's pause for a moment and notice what's happening here. This is also part of God's pattern that always is there. And that is that he calls us into the equation. He offers the gift freely to everyone, but we have to accept it. We have to join the team. That's what even Jesus himself said later in John chapter 3. He said, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John continues in chapter 1, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I believe that all great stories in one way or another point to this great story the themes the way we we think of almost every story in three acts and all of the different details how there's got to be a conflict or it's not a story uh, we, there's got to be a hero and a villain and somehow or another that, that we, we just know this in our souls even when people aren't trying to write a story about the gospel they often accidentally do so one of the timeless stories that i love is treasure island anybody else like this one by robert lewis stevenson It's been done so many different times. I I love that. One of my personal favorites is the movie Treasure Planet. But in every single version of this one, there's this character named Long John Silver. And to me, he's a perfect example of what this darkness looks like. When when John says that the light shines in the darkness. If you read the story, Long John is straight up the villain. He's straight up a bad guy. But he also, sometimes he tells the truth. Sometimes some of the stuff that he says makes more sense than the stuff everybody else is saying. It's really, really easy to understand how Jim Hawkins and even the reader fall for his lies because they're pretty convincing. He's also a really good cook. He's a really effective leader. There's a lot of great things about him. He's not just straight up chewing the scenery evil every single day of his life. That's how darkness is. It blinds you. It's easy to get lost in. It's easy to see how people can get lost in it. It's not a judgment. It's just when you turn the light on, everything else makes sense. And that's Jesus. And that's the truth that we have to share. That's the Jesus we point to because Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so, like we talked about last week, we lovingly reach out and we share that one way to life, that one ultimate truth with the world. It's a gift of love. Again, we're focusing mostly today on what God wants us to do about the gifts he's given us. But again, it all points back to him. Those people who are, it's their job to detect counterfeit money. You might know this, you might not, but they don't study all the ways to counterfeit money. They just study money. They know what it smells like, what it feels like. They know what it looks like in certain lights. They know what it looks like when you hold it up to the light. They know all the different versions of it. They know exactly, they just know because they study it so much. And then when they see a counterfeit, they they get it instantly. They they, They just know. Are you with me? And that's the same way that we have to focus on Christ, focus on the truth, follow the way that He's given us, and then everything else makes sense i love how jesus used stories to teach us things and several of his stories had to do with people being responsible for something another common theme was he talked about treasure here's two little short ones back to back talking about treasure he says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field when a man found it he hid it again and then in his joy he went and sold all he had and he bought that field Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and bought it. Isn't that just like what God did, sending his son to save us? Doesn't the person who finds the treasure sound like God? And yet it also has to, it has to represent us and how we respond to that gift that he's given to us i I, I know a lot of gifts will be given in one way or another in this next week and i know that when we give a gift we always are hoping the person's going to like it right we also hope they're going to use it i mean if you give somebody a shirt you're hoping you're going to see that shirt on them one day right imagine somebody gives somebody something really extravagant like like a car what if, what if they cut the little bow off of it and say, hey, thank you, that's great. That's so cool. And they never drive the car. Wouldn't that be heartbreaking? It'd be tragic for everybody all the way around. We dare not just say, thank you. Let's all celebrate that day that God gave us a car. Wasn't that a good day? He wants us to drive it. Are you catching what I'm telling you? This is so important. It's got to represent not only God, but how we respond to the treasure that he offers us. This idea that he treasures us is all the way through the scripture and so is the one of how he needs us to respond. In Exodus 19, as Israel is approaching Mount Sinai and Moses goes up there to hear from God, before God even gives him the law, he says, say this to the people of Jacob. Say this to the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant... Then, out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, as people who intercede between God and others, and a holy nation. Someone who's not only clean and pure, but someone who is set apart to do something special. Holy innately always means set apart for a specific purpose. He says, These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. In Deuteronomy, he says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. I'd like to use some imagery from the story of Treasure Island this morning if we could. And I I, want to acknowledge that in many, many, many ways, Jesus Christ himself is a treasure. Just like he treasures us, we've got to treasure Jesus himself. And there's no way we can overemphasize Jesus himself. But this morning, I'd like us to remember this. Jesus is our treasure map. The Word, the Word, Jesus Christ, is our treasure map. Would you say that out loud with me? The Word is our treasure map. He shows us how to get to all the stuff. It's, it's not just him. He is the way. He is the truth, the life. And we're meant to follow that way. We're meant to learn and, and more and more understand and live out that truth. We're meant to experience, live that life. He's the way that we must follow to get to all the treasure that God wants us to give. And in that story, if you remember, literally everybody in the story bet their lives on this treasure map. What if it wasn't a real map? Can you imagine? Because they sold everything to buy that boat and go out there, and the pirates risked everything to mutiny and get it. Everybody thought this was the way, and they literally risked everything for that. Nothing else mattered as much as following that map to the treasure. That's how we have to follow the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the example of Jesus, the commands of Jesus. Nothing else matters as much as following that pattern, following that map he gave us and getting to where he is going to lead us. Back to just some more scripture. This is from Philippians chapter three. This is Paul writing. And he says, whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ." See, the adventure is the real treasure. What God is actually offering us is not just a baby in a manger or even a man on a cross or even a man standing outside of an empty tomb or a man rising up to heaven and being glorified. He's offering us a chance to follow that man who's so much more than a man and actually become part of the story. He's offering us a chance to join in the adventure and become part of this story. One of these days, we're going to get to be in heaven and we're going to get to talk to Paul and Peter and Moses and, and Esther and Ruth and all these wonderful heroes of the Bible. And they're going to go, so what did you guys do? What did you guys do in Act 3? How cool! I, I want to hear what you guys did after Jesus did everything He did, and then He get. You even had a printed Bible. Everybody had a copy of that. You had it in your phones. What's a phone? What did you guys do about it? You guys had. You guys had access to everything that's ever been written about Jesus in your, in a thing you carried around. Did you study it? What did you do about it? Can you imagine? We're going to get to hear their stories and ask our questions. They're going to have questions for us. What are we going to tell them? Paul continues in Philippians, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in His Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, by having the same love, by being one in the Spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, consider others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in his very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, listen, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Times like Christmas, it's so important to look back and to realize the things that only Jesus could have ever done and celebrate that he did them. But we must not just let the car stay in the parking lot. We've got to drive it. When it says work out your salvation, we don't have to earn our salvation, but part of what he saved us from was living life without him. Part of what he saved us into was living life as a vital character in the great adventure. We must not miss that. We must not miss that we are still living out this salvation. We are fulfilling his dreams. We're making his dream come true. We're following that map. We're claiming that treasure. We're being transformed along the way. What an amazing gift. We dare not just say thank you. We dare not, not say thank you either, but we can't just stop there. We've got to live it. Philippians 3, Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians, he says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, listen, this is so cool. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The same one who spoke with Jesus Christ, the word, part of the whole mix, every single part of it. The one who spoke light into existence, who spoke the universe into existence. He's the same one who tells us to go. To spread the gospel. He's the same one who tells us live this way. And empowers us to do so by putting his spirit in us. The same one who created everything that there is. That person with all that power. He is the one who empowers you to live this adventure. Never think that you can't do it. You can. Not you alone. Not me alone. But you can because the spirit of God is in you. That's why Paul continues. We have... This treasure in jars of clay. These are the jars of clay, these fleshly bodies that we wear around until we finally get to heaven. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be revealed in our body for we who are alive are always being given over to death for jesus sake so that his own life may be revealed in our mortal body so then death is at work in us but life is at work within you Only the followers of Jesus. Only the people who follow the treasure map. Only the people who accept the treasure in it now is inside of them. They have the light. Everyone else doesn't. That's why they're stumbling in the darkness. They're not idiots. They're not evil. They just don't have the light. And it's our job to take it to them. It's our job to make sure they see the light. It's our job to shine the light. It's our job to let the light shine out through the cracks in these jars of clay. It's our job to own the adventure. It's our job to claim each one of our parts in it. At the very beginning of the story in Treasure Island, I'm going to show pictures here from Treasure Planet because I just love that. Very underrated movie such a good one especially for boys we had four boys growing up we watched this movie a lot it was good but Jim Hawkins at the beginning of every version of Treasure Island he already has a lot of greatness in him he's prepared for this adventure even though he seems like just a little boy he he's a pretty cool character how do we know this he goes on the adventure He gets a treasure map that's priceless. He could have just burnt it. He could have panicked. Can you imagine what kind of a story that would have been or actually not been? He gets given something that he didn't deserve. He gives something that that just, there's no way he could have created or done on his own. But look at how he used it. And he goes through so much terrible suffering and so many hardships. He's betrayed so many different things. Look how he handled it. He was a good dude. How do we know he's a good dude? Because of the adventure that he actually went on. And he became a better dude. He was transformed by the whole adventure. By the end of the story, he had learned so much and become a better person. His life had been changed, and everybody else around him's lives had also been changed. Again, Long John Silver, straight up the bad guy, but listen to the powerful truth he spoke into Jim. He says, you've got the makings of greatness in you, but you've got to take the helm and chart your own course. Stick to it no matter the squalls, and when the time comes, you'll get the chance to really test the cut of your sails and show what you're made of. And well, I hope I'm there catching some of the light coming off of you that day. That's God's dream for you. That's God's mission for you. That's God handing you the treasure map and putting the treasure inside of you and saying, okay, now what you going to do? What you going to do? Literally speaking, treasure, the treasure they were looking for, Flint's treasure on Treasure Island, is what's called a MacGuffin. It seems like it's the whole point of the story, and it's really not. It's what everybody's fighting over and what everybody's sacrificing for and everybody's doing something. But actually, by the end of the story, you realize that it's really about them all becoming who they're supposed to be, learning to do the right thing. Are you following me on that? It's like any great story. There's so much more going on than just the thing that seems to be going on. And I'm not saying that Jesus is not a big deal. I'm not saying the treasure map. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying there. Here's what I am saying. Every single thing God does, including sending his son into this world, there's a purpose. Creation, the law, the, the, sending his son as a baby, letting him grow up and experience life as a human being. Every single thing that God did, including Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection, everything, everything. His great commission telling us to go in to do it. Him putting so much in our feeble hands and trusting us to get it done. All of it is about so much more than just, oh, so that's how the story goes. He wants us to become like him. He wants us to see the world the way he sees it. He wants us to be transformed. He wants as many people as possible to get into that. And on top of that, here's the icing on the cake. The wrapping on the package, if you will. On top of all of this, there is also treasure in heaven. Could you say that out loud with me? There is also treasure in heaven. If we keep faithfully investing everything that God gives us, if we accept his gift and use it, not only will this be a great adventure, but on the other side, there's going to be an even greater adventure that we can't even imagine. Another great story that's timeless because I think in one way or another it points to the gospel too is Spider-Man. Any Spider-Man fans out there? In every version of Spider-Man, somehow or another, there's the line with great power comes great responsibility. That's what we got. So again, let me ask you just a question. We're about to wrap up here, but what would have happened if Jim just threw that map away? What would have happened if baby Jesus would have just grown up and lived a good life there in Israel. Good, upstanding citizen. Married, had some kids. What if, what if we don't do the adventure that God has called us into? What if even one of us misses what God has created us to do? Something huge is going to be missing. Something big is going to get broken. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily. On Christmas Day, absolutely. But every day, daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. This morning we're going to sing one more song. You're going to have a chance to make a public decision if you want to. You can keep it private if you need to. But I'm asking you this morning to do these things. Accept this map that you've been given and don't burn it up in the fireplace. Don't panic. Don't throw it away. Don't say, well, how do we know it's real? Accept it and see what happens. Follow it. Sell everything and and, and buy that treasure. Are you with me? If you've never done that yet in your life, do it. And if you've got the map and you've had it for a long time, and you've had Jesus and other people speaking love and truth into you for a long time, but you've never given him everything, you've never 100% committed, you've never 100% just become part of this adventure, given everything to Jesus, I invite you to do that today. If you've been serving him some, but you really care more about earthly treasure than you care about treasure in heaven, I invite you this morning Switch that the way it really needs to be. Focus on laying up treasure in heaven more than any treasure on this earth. Let's not waste the gift that we've been given. Let's never stop pointing to Jesus, but let's not disappoint Jesus by not playing the part he gave us to.